You're listening to Podcateers. Welcome to episode 447 of Podcateers. This week we talk about dinosaurs in Beijing, selling the Disneyland marquee, the Henson Creature Shop brings life to a horror franchise, the Brea Bakery in downtown Disney abruptly closes, Andrew continues his Disney 100 but in 50 weeks, so it's two a year by Andrew Extravaganza Podcateer sponsored by Honda Disney History Segment. Whoo, that was a mouthful. We might need your help for a nicer title. Join us on Discord. Let us know what you think or what you would like the title to be. And we get a late-breaking news segment from the Podcateers newsroom for a bunch of headlines that hit shortly after we recorded this episode. We'd love for you to join the conversation over on our social networks, including Instagram and Facebook, but we invite you to join us on Discord. Joining the community is super simple. Just head on over to podcateers.com links and click on the Discord button to join our community. A very special thank you goes out to an awesome group of people known as the FGP Squad, our podcast fairy godparents, because it's their support via Patreon that help make these episodes of Podcateers possible. As part of the FGP Squad family, you get some additional perks like exclusive discount codes for Podcateers gear, additional content like the Podcateers after show, and access to our happy hour calls just to name a few. For more information on how you can become part of the FGP Squad family, we invite you to check out podcateers.com slash FGP. And as always, a super special thank you goes out to the FGP Squad for their continued support. All right, it is time to jump into this episode. If this is your first time hanging out with us, welcome. We hope that you enjoy the episode and that you come back for more. And of course, if you've been hanging with us for some time now, Welcome back, friends. Here is episode 447 of Podcateers. No, no, no. I was taking a picture to send you guys something to show. What oh, I was okay. going to talk about. It's later. not selfie time. Let me take a selfie. Oh, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Remember that song? Remember that song? Let me My take a selfie. Song. <laughs> My theme song. Everywhere <laughs> I walk. That's what's happening. <laughs> Duck face and all. Every piece of merch that <laughs> I find. Smokers. I put, hold it up in the air and <laughs> I don't know take if a I'm... picture of it. I don't know if I'm purposefully doing the music wrong or I just don't remember how it goes. It could be a little bit of both. It's something like that, though. Like, yeah. no, that's crazy frog. Oh, okay. That's that's <laughs> not the that's it's, frog. Uh, uh, bump. Nope. I was gonna do crazy frog again. <laughs> You're gonna do it again. Bump, 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 we're getting closer though. That's it. Nailed it. Nailed it. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Let me take a selfie. I'm take a selfie. That's what comes after. Let me take a selfie. Let me take a selfie. Darth Vader has to do it. Obi Wan never told you what happened to your selfie. That's funny. Hey, you know, I, for, I forgot to mention this before we started, but did I show you guys the Spider-Man cards? You sent us a text with it, but I haven't seen him in, oh. in like, over video a person. Oh, yeah. check it out. Where did I leave them? Oh, I don't know. Those are the other oh, Spider-Man oh, there. cards. There they are. Yeah. So I have two sets of Spider-Man's cards. S- the one that I've shared Spider-Man. with the FGP squad on... On the happy hour calls, uh-huh. it's the ones by the manufacturer Card Mafia, which they split open twice. They the spider glows blue, and then you split it into the second one. The spider glows red. Now the thing about these cards is that I don't necessarily like the design of them. Uh-huh. Uh, I also don't like the face cards that came along with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're okay. They're just not like my favorite. Yeah. Right? Right. And I always thought to myself, like, you know, if anybody else ever does like a Spider-Man's deck, I hope that it's nicer and then I can replace the deck inside the Card Mafia Tuck because Mm -hmm. it's super nice. Right. And then Theory 11, one of the companies I buy a lot of my decks from, you know, recently they they did the Dark Knight 
playing cards, which I showed you not too long ago, Batman. Batman. Uh, Night. And uh, they just released the Spider-Man one. And check out the tuck case on this. It's so shiny. Look how pretty that is. It is pretty. It's the Iron Spider. It's gold and shiny red and shiny blue. And look how shiny the gold is. And so the tuck on this one is absolutely gorgeous. The inside of it has the black and gold. Mm -hmm. The rest of the spider suit. And then the back of the cards has three Spider-Man heads. One for each of them. Integrated into the design. Isn't that a six? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes, that is six. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I'm only thinking about half. It's a mirrored. I know. Oh, okay. I'm being. Got I'm. You. Yeah. I'm. I'm being <laughs> a little stinker. And then there's the the iron spider like mm-hmm. legs from that pop out of the back of Peter's butt or whatever. The iron spider from everybody's favorite movie, Wild Wild West, with Will Smith. Yeah. yeah. And then the ace of spades has the meme of the three spider-men pointing yes. at each other <laughs> is it spider-men is cool. or spider-mans i don't know i go Something. with both Good like sometimes i say spider-man sometimes i say spider-men spider-mans is spider-mans spider chums i before e uh, except after c exactly maybe it's like moose moosen it, yeah, moosen. Yes. Is it moosen? Uh, ox, oxen. <laughs> Box, boxen. Boxen. <laughs> so it's just Spider Man uh, is singular and plural. Yeah. A, ga- a, a, a gaggle of Spider Men. Ooh. I guess it's better than if they were crows, right? Um, yeah. So anyway, so yeah, I love this. I have gone on record this week as saying that it's quite possibly my favorite tuck case that Theory 11 has ever designed. So now you're in a dilemma. Yeah, I'm a huge dilemma now, right? Because I wanted to replace the cards from, if the cards were nicer, I knew these cards were coming. I just didn't Mm -hmm. know what they were going to look like. And so the idea was I was going to put these cards into the other tuck, but I would be doing this tuck an injustice if I did that because it's so gosh darn pretty. Uh, For those that haven't seen it, I posted a couple of pics over on the Discord server. If you guys want to check them out, but I think I I, I think I posted like an animated thing. I believe which was pretty low res, but I think we just need a Hazen's card section of of Discord. Maybe you know I thought about creating. Like a collector a, corner, a, a, kind of, but like an Instagram account to do that because oh. I know there's yes. a lot of collectors that just tend to post like their collectibles. Yeah, and I think that's been one of the biggest challenges for me on Instagram recently because, like, the biggest thing that I posted, like, really, like, ninety nine percent of the stuff on my Instagram was always photos from the parks. Yeah, and because I haven't necessarily gone. I haven't really posted anything. Like I've posted the podcast, obviously, in the real section. Uh, but I, I guess I can go back into my archive and find some photos that I could edit and post. But I don't know if I necessarily want to do that. Like I, I would like to go back to the park and take new photos and yeah. post that. But right. I don't know when that's going to happen. So I've been stuck in this weird limbo when it comes to my Instagram account. And occasionally I'll post like a deck that I received or, you know, something I purchased that I really, really like that I think some other people might like to see as well, especially like the ones that glow in the dark and stuff. I haven't posted the Spider-Man one, but it, it I mean, considering we're Disney, Marvel, Star Wars, you know, fans, you know, sometimes I do my best to post the stuff that I think would at least resonate with some of our listeners. And then other times it's completely self-serving. Like when I posted the... The creamsicle one, you know, I love orange creamsicle flavor. And when I got the playing cards that were based on orange creamsicle, I was like, ah, this is tasty. (laughs) So, yeah, I don't want to flood this account with a bunch of playing card stuff. But then I don't know when I'm going to do the Disney stuff again, which I'm, I'm going to eventually do. So I've been contemplating starting another account that just has, like, my playing cards. Mm -hmm. But... I don't know, like this one, right? Like, even if you don't like playing cards, like, check this one out. It's called In Session Junior Year. It looks like Mm -hmm. it's on a piece of paper, right? 
Mm-hmm. It's got a yeah. bunch of doodles and stuff on the back. <laughs> but then the really cool thing about this deck is that the backs look like Scantrons. <laughs> oh! Isn't that cool? That is cool. And then, so the faces are fairly standard, but they all look like they're sketched in like a notepad or something. Okay, that's cool. Oh, great. That's nice. Anyway, so, I mean, there's all these like cool cards that I want to share with the world, but otherwise they're just kind of sitting there, right? And then this latest one, Andrew. What'd I do? Sorry, everyone. I know this isn't interesting for everybody, but I just want to quickly show Andrew this before I forget. But the one of the companies that I commonly purchase cards from released these decks of cards called... Damn good cards. <laughs> Damn. It's literally what they're called. Damn good cards. And That's then they what got they're like called. <laughs> some cool designs in the back. But they also included some quotes. And considering what we were saying a little while ago, I thought you'd get a kick out of this quote that came on this one. All right. We're going to read it. I find that a duck's opinion over me is very much influenced over whether or not I have bread. That's right. Mitch Hedberg. That's right. <laughs> So a lot of me purchasing this one was influenced by the fact that the very first preview I got of damn good cards was the Mitch Hedberg quote. <laughs> so that's the the like the backside, the like where the quotes are. Where are the quotes? Uh they are oh. they're randomly on they have two quote cards in every deck. Oh, okay. This one right here is the black version of the deck. I see. I forgot what it's called, but this one has uh, a Margaret Mead quote and a Ralph Waldo Emerson quote. Okay, they're just included so they're just, with. They're not like as yeah, like no, a no. card. I Instead think. of okay. jokers, they included a couple of quotes in each one. That's fun. Yeah, That's a way to do it. So I thought that was kind of nice. And so I got <laughs> it was a box set of six, and they're kind of like mid-century design. They're they, very yeah. That black one that you shared looks like the. Uh... Um, reminds me of the Walt Disney Family Museum podcast logo. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm not going to be able to unsee that, by the way. <laughs> uh, so anyway, I, I've been contemplating whether or not to start like another Instagram account. And then I just keep thinking about how it's so much extra work <laughs> to have another Instagram account. Who has the time? Right. So I, I have know. I have seven Instagram accounts and I use <laughs> none of them. Nice. Well, not seven, and not none, but I've been exaggerating. <laughs> I'll figure something out. I like like the unboxing videos that people do, and yeah. we've talked about doing unboxing videos for like our channel, right? When it, we get like mm-hmm. Disney merch and we just kind of unbox it, the D twenty three boxes and stuff like that. So I figure if I can, because I've had an opportunity to kind of rearrange my office to be more like recording friendly now. Uh, I figured like if I could set up a spot where we could do the unboxings for the podcast, then maybe I could use the same area to like unbox some of the decks of cards. And I don't know, I'll figure something out. I have some really cool decks that I just, I feel like I want to share them. And it also gives me an excuse to open them. Yeah. And we've had this conversation about like Funkos and stuff, right? Like you mm-hmm. buy the Funkos and you want to put it on display, which that's what they're meant for. But then if you leave them in the box, like, well, what if I sell them one day and they're, what are they going to be worth? Mm-hmm. And then I just keep thinking like, I'm never going to sell them. Like I bought them because I like them. I want to play with them. And yes. so there's this common saying in the playing card world where people say you need to release the pips. And so that's, what I've been doing. I've been releasing the pips and all these really old decks that were like, maybe one day it'll be worth a lot. It's like, I'm never going to sell it. I'm just going to open it and enjoy the damn thing. And that's kind of the kick I've been on. So I just thought it would be fun to share that with other people that might enjoy that as well. So I say, go I'll say for it. Yeah. Stay tuned. Exactly. I've been, I've been opening my stuff too. It's None of this stuff is, I don't think, going to be worth enough to make it worthwhile. Like, if if I had something and it was worth $1,000, like, in the grand scheme of things, that's, like, it's not going to be, I'm not set for life because one toy I have is worth $1,000. Right. Like, it's nice, but, you know, I held it for that long and, you know, in 40 years maybe it's worth that much. Who knows? Like, it's, that. that's my kind of, uh... uh viewpoint on it i keep the boxes just in case because i like the boxes and you never know but 
I let them let my let my toys uh, be free. <laughs> let them breathe. Yeah. I mean, it's different if you inherit something, right? Because right. then there isn't that connection of I went through the process of either saving money for it or, you know, I purchased it. Like if you inherited, you know, oh, actually, this leads nicely into that collector lady because I wanted to talk about this again. But yes, it does. If uh-huh. you were just going to like, let's say that one day you inherited the original Disneyland marquee. We're not going to say how you inherited, but let's say you inherited the Disneyland marquee. You would keep that for a while and you would display it and you'd be like, oh, my God, that's the coolest thing ever. But then if John Stamos was like, dude, I'll give you a million dollars for it. Are you really going to say no to a million dollars from Stamos? Like, I would be like, John, listen, I will sell it to you, but you have to invite me to the barbecues going forward so that I can enjoy the sign as well. (laughs) Right, I think it's it's a good trade off. Like, I I would even I would even go as far as like, look, you don't even have to give me the million, give me like eight or nine. But as long as I can come visit it every so often and come to the barbecues, I think we're. Well, good. I mean, you're set for life, and then you're gonna be the person forever in legacy that sold that marquee to John Stamos. Uh, yes, I'm. Yes, right? just give me that check. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With the clause that I get to go visit it, you know, yeah, I, yeah, I want too. visitation <laughs> rights, you know, and to get to hang out with John Stamos. I mean, that's, I mean, that's nothing to laugh at, right? He's, he seems yeah. like he's hey. a fun hang. Uh, yeah. He plays the Beach Boys sometimes. Right? All the time. That's what he's known for. But anyway, so this is this is a great segue because uh, several podcasts ago, we ended up talking about uh, someone on TikTok that had posted these findings in their attic of when her grandfather used to work at Disneyland. And it was great because there was uh, like old pennants, there was pins, there was manuals and he worked for the company and was able to create all these new treasures. And so at first when she posted it, it sounded like she wasn't aware of what she had I wanted to comment Mm -hmm. on that again because even I thought like I don't necessarily know if she knows what she has and then I uh, she corrected it and said I know what I have it's just how I speak and I completely understand that so the good thing is she I don't think she's going to get hustled because uh, she does have an awareness for the things that she found but she posted a follow-up video there was even more cool stuff in there. And I just, I want to get in contact with her and be like, look, if you're going to give it away, please send some stuff my way. If you're going to sell it, <laughs> come up with a fair price. Talk to a collector, you know, like somebody that knows what they're talking about. Or you come up with a price. And because we talked about this, where everyone's collectibles are worth whatever they're willing to pay for something. But, yep, like... The second video is even cooler than the first one. I should post it on Discord. That's what I'm going to do. I need to post it on Discord. Yeah, that'd be cool. <laughs> We're happy to take donations. Hey. <laughs> I'll just right? the, into the throw our name in there. Archives. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? I mean, she needs to get in contact with like Richard Kraft or somebody to like go through this. And I'm sure he has contacts. Oh, of course. Know, yeah. To get this stuff sorted out. I mean, there was stuff in there like his like service awards and and things like that were also in that, yeah. that second video too. Yeah. Just the the box of pins that she pulled out, I think was my favorite part of that mm-hmm. whole thing. Just her composure too. <laughs> we I would know. be losing like it. Pins. Freaking out. <laughs> yep. And she's like and this and this and this and I'm like wow, this you know what good for her. Because some of us would be acting a fool about this. Oh well, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sure she's had. You know, she looked through it once at least before she made the video. It wasn't like blind, <laughs> b- blind opening up a box. What treasures lie beneath the lid of this, uh, you know, hat box or whatever? But yeah, hat box, it's... hat box, hat box, yeah, hat box. What hat if he found a ghost there? What if she found the original hat box ghost in the attic? Nobody knows what? where it is. Tony Baxter nope. seems to think he knows where it is, ish. Well, we wouldn't be composed. <laughs> We'd be I like this be right now. <laughs> like it's not even my stuff, and my oh voice God. is like eight octaves higher right now. So, <laughs> yeah, the 
I want to call it once in a lifetime find, but it's, I mean, it's not that rare, especially when you have uh, folks that worked in, in the parks and kept a lot of that stuff. But I think the, the rarity in this find isn't necessarily the stuff that she's finding, because I think you can find a lot of that stuff. It's the condition that all of this stuff is in that's rare, Definitely. right? Because yeah. you can find a lot of collectibles, but they're kind of nicked, they're kind of you know scrunched up they're folded they're not in their original form and everything that she's finding like those ticket books to find entire ticket books like that that are completely flat not folded not torn apart you know that's something super rare you know Mm -hmm. so well also it's it's the uh the thing of so her grandfather was uh, in advertising i believe it was yeah for for disneyland and so a lot of this stuff you know could be very rare if you look into it because they could be artist proofs and and different things where these aren't even the marketed things these are concepts these are you know the first run of anything they could be it could be unit number one off the line to check quality and all different kinds of stuff like that. So it's, you know, the the guy saving it could have not known what he had or, you know, at the time it wasn't as big of a thing, you know, in the 70s and 80s, it, you know, before the internet, it was, you know, you had the Disneyana groups and conventions and things like that. And that was it. Yeah. Um. So I, I think there's, there's probably some interesting things in there that you know because she's gone in through just broad strokes that could be very interesting and and rare to to find because of the position that he had um a lot of it that interests me is a lot of the um maps and paper advertising uh uh so that a lot of that stuff i have a lot of ephemera a lot of just paper you know stuff i was like you know, today only this thing and it's a little advertising thing and somebody decided to save it. Mm. Um, you know, a sticker, like a sticker is meant to be stuck to your, you know, they hand them out and you stick them to your shirt or whatever, but some people save those things and it's, that's yeah. saying things that interest me are, you know, stickers and paper things and, you know, among other things. I have lots of things I have, but yeah. I have lots of paper stuff is always interesting to me. Well, I think a lot of it is... You, you know, the other thing is that you never really know what's going to be considered collectible, right? There's a lot of True. stuff that the park creates and they hand out that you just never know what's going to hit. You never, like, something could happen where an attraction goes away sooner than expected. And so, like, a park guide, for instance, uh, or the park guide from when an attraction opens or the day it closes or the fast passes. You know, I have fast passes from Haunted Mansion and Space Mountain, I think, from the last day that they had the fast pass thing. I also have stamped day and time fast passes the day that the Hatbox Ghost was introduced to the Haunted Mansion. Um, so stuff like that, you know, I think is cool to collect. Uh, one of the rarest things that I remember having, which honestly, I don't even know where it is now. One of the original decoder cards from Indiana Jones. Nice. You know, I had one of those and I honestly have no idea where it is at this point. Like I could go check our storage stuff and, you know, see if, if I still have it. But like stuff like that is also so small that if you're not careful, like I've put stuff in books or other things and accidentally mm-hmm. sold the book or given <gasps> like donated the book and oh. things have just left with the book right so right uh, you have to be careful and when you have too much mm-hmm. that's the other thing like you have to think about storage and everything so yeah when i get the disneyland marquee that's going to be different right but you know little yeah, stuff that'll like be this. a backyard staple yeah like, you can't give that one away in a book yeah I finally found those Osimo coins that I had told you about. <laughs> like I was nice. digging, I was digging in the storage stuff, and I found the Osimo coins. I found uh, three of them, and so I told you, Andrew, if I found them, I would send you one. So I'm gonna send you an Osimo coin. Okay, yo soy bird. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, well, well, that's what the bird says. He says yo soy bird. I think, right? Yeah. Yeah. Am I does. making that up? No, yeah, okay. that's what he says. Yeah. Okay, uh, Melissa gave me a look like I was insane. No, that's what he says. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I 
don't think I've heard him say that. That's a like, and on on Autopia. Yeah, when you're oh, when you're I rounding the corner. Attention. I want to <laughs> say it's the one where there's the clothing line. I have, you know what? I'm gonna have to it's double on check Autopia on YouTube. Somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> his name is Bird. <laughs> You'll say Bird. <laughs> anyway, so uh, we're gonna post the video over on Discord so you can check it out. And uh, if there's anything in that collection that, let's say, this TikToker said, "Hey, I'm just gonna give this to you. Pick something. You know, just take whatever you want." When you look at these videos that she's posted, I'll try to post them uh, back to back so that you could see everything that she's posted so far. But if there's anything in that collection, what would you want to keep? You know, we all like to collect different things, but when you watch these videos, what would you like to keep from that collection if she offered it to you? Uh, join the conversation over on Discord. If you haven't joined the community, it's super simple to do so. Head on over to podcateers.com slash links, and you will find a link to our Discord there. So... Um, I want to ask you about this La Brea Bakery thing that blew up on Discord today because I need to get filled in yeah. with everything that's happening. Later in the episode, we also have your segment for the – what are we calling it? I think we put out a, a call oh, for people to help us name it, but we haven't really received anything. So if we don't get anything this week, we're officially going to name it. Yeah, and it's gonna be uh, very long-winded, so it's gonna I'm gonna it's gonna be a pain in the butt for P- Hazen to type into the episode description every week. Oh, I'll so, give it uh, an acronym. Ha- Copy paste. Have some <laughs> have some mercy for Hazen. I'll make an acronym for it. <laughs> or help I'll... me help me name this thing, or it's gonna be something sponsored by Honda, presented by Honda. <laughs> or I will so... I will take the entire name, post it once. And then I will put in parentheses, Copy it, henceforth uh, known as Andrew's segment. <laughs> That's just <laughs> how I refer to it. Andrew's segment presented there by There we Honda. go. You know what? Maybe it's just Andrew's segment. We'll come up with something. Yeah. We're smart. Uh, okay, so we got I that. are smart. All right. Uh, oh, hey, this is not Disney Park related, but I've been thinking a lot about other parks recently because of the opening of Super Nintendo World at Universal, right? And mm-hmm. uh, I did want to bring up this attraction because I saw a ride-through because, you know, I, I don't really travel that much. So the way that I experience attractions is on YouTube, thankfully. People post entire attraction, uh, like ride-throughs, and I get to enjoy them. And the latest attraction that I had an, an opportunity to ride around the world was Jurassic World Adventure in Beijing. And let me tell you, this is next-level Jurassic parking when it comes to an attraction. Okay? One, I think that the Jurassic Park attraction that we have here at Universal Studios in Hollywood, uh, it's fine. I think what they've done with it is really... You know, it's really exciting. The Adominus Rex is in there. They have like a big head that comes out. It's like, right? Like, see, like, like falling down Pirates of the Caribbean style. But man, mm-hmm. the one in Beijing, there is a T Rex chase. You are involved in a chase. And the way that they execute yeah. it and the way that they do that scene is so freaking creative. If you are aspiring to be an Imagineer, or any type of attraction, like theme park attraction builder, watch this attraction and study the mechanics because that scene alone sells this entire attraction for me. This ride is bananas. B-A-N-A-N-A-N-A-N-A-N-A-N-A-N-A. Banana, 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 banana. So instead of, you know, you know how there's ponchos and stuff. Um. Diapers are needed. <laughs> I'm just going to say that because <laughs> if you're afraid of dinosaurs or if you know someone who is, yeah, it's that it looks that good. So I'm like, oh, OK, this is. Ooh. <laughs> Teeth. It's bananas. Like there's there's no other way to it's I don't know. They definitely had their. uh Whatever budget they wanted for this ride, mm-hmm. this attraction, for sure. Like, 
we've talked about it before and and I'm sure we'll talk about it again how budgets come into uh how an attraction is ends up being so something is blue skied in a way that is very very cool and then becomes you know much much less depending on the budget that they are given or cut you know way afterwards that's you know uh, a, a famous one is Roger Rabbit's cartoon spin at Disneyland was going to have a second story and all this, you know, other stuff that was was cut because of budgets. There's there's Galaxy's Edge and all the, the different attractions that, you know, it was going to have, including the Bantha uh, walk around the, the land thing mm-hmm. uh, that was cut for budget reasons and things like that. This ride, I think they just said, uh, spend what you want. Because I I see no expense spared on on theming on a on animatronics on effects and any anything anybody wanted to put in this ride it seemed like it got put in because if you can have you know a dinosaur chasing you its legs moving and it moving out of a you know its space in following you through the ride is uh you know no small feat. And no uh, small price tags. So, right. <laughs> uh, they they uh, hit it out of the park and uh, definitely worth a watch for sure. Uh, multiple watches like I did. It's 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 crazy. I don't even know where to begin on it. It's it, it's you got to see it for yourself. Yeah. You know, and that's been, I feel like it's been a little bit of a trend with the attractions that come from overseas where they announce an attraction and there's an expectation of what that attraction is going to look like and feel like. And then they open it and it kind of blows you away. It's like so much better than what you were expecting, which has sadly been a little bit of the opposite here, right? Like you said, we're yeah. always missing things. The budgets are a little bit different than how they began. And we end up getting, you know, a, a cut down version of what was originally promised. And so if they went through the process of adding the additional things, I think it would be different. I think it's just kind of like, oh, well, phase one, we're going to add this and this. And phase two, you know, if if they would introduce it like that, I think there would be uh, less uh pe- people like talking about it less when they finally open it but yeah like these attractions in some of the parks overseas i are just they're so mind blowing man like they they do use a lot of screens especially towards the end it's very like fast and the furious with like the the way that they're projecting a lot of the chase scenes and of course Bryce Dallas Howard still running around in high heels you know, getting away from dinosaurs. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, she'd a real MVP, I guess. But, yep. <laughs> I mean, the T-Rex the at the end, the Adominus Rex battle that they have, like, it's just it, the entire thing. You're right, Mel. If you don't like dinosaurs, like, you, you know, tread lightly on this one. And if you didn't have a fear of dinosaurs, this might give you one. Because they look <laughs> so freaking good. The entire thing is just so well done. You know, the video that you that I've been I've seen this one, I think, um, a few times. The one that I've had an opportunity to watch was posted by Disney Parks Addict. And it's around eight minutes long. It's fantastic quality. And the thing that really throws me is that whatever type of screens they're using for some of these attractions overseas just look good on these the, on the cameras, the way that they're being recorded. Whereas yeah. if you try to go to Universal or any of the attractions like here at Disney, there's always like the the frame rate is different or if they, they have it in like you need 3D glasses or, you know, some kind of thing to make it look proper. And it's just cumbersome to have to use an additional device like the Mm -hmm. plastic glasses or whatever but like it just looks so clear like i've never gotten any video or picture like going through the fast and the furious attraction that looks anything as clean as this granted that attraction is super old right so it's old technology but even new stuff i think i haven't been able to get anything that crisp out of it 
So anyway, it's it's definitely worth a watch. Uh, the video will also get posted on Discord if you haven't had an opportunity to see it. But whoo, that I'm telling you, that chase scene alone gets your heart racing. Like you you try to watch <laughs> that in the dark, watch it in the dark on a big screen TV. And then just sit right in front of it. It's like you're riding the ride. That's how I ride dark rides. Turn off all the lights and I sit in front of a big TV and I'm just kind of riding through it. That's the way to do it. Uh, okay. <laughs> oh, you know what? We're talking about animatronics. 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 Yay. Hey, hey. Five Nights at Freddy's. Are either one of you familiar with this game? Yes. That's like <laughs> that's like the uh, like weird Chuck E. Cheese. It is. Yes. Don't, don't get <laughs> yeah. killed in a Chuck E. Cheese thing, exactly. right? Exactly. Yeah. So Five Nights at Freddy's, uh, I think this year is celebrating its 10th anniversary. And there's been talks about a movie for a really long time to the point where I think fans of the franchise were just like, meh, it's never going to happen. It turned, it went to meme status, right? It's just, everyone's talking smack about never getting a movie for this. Well, it's finally happening. But the tie-in that I think is most important to us uh, is the fact that Guess who's creating the animatronics for this film? Me. Yes. Yes. It was me. I yes, did it. You did. I'm making the animatronics Good job. for <laughs> Fast Times at Freddy's High School. That's what it's Friends called, right? Yes. Perfect. Uh, no. So Jim <laughs> oh, Henson's Creature Shop is going to be creating the oh. animatronics for this. That makes more sense. They are good at what they do, right? They, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I might have done better, but they didn't even give me the chance. So uh, <laughs> we lobbied for you, man. You get what you get with with Jim Henson's Creature Shop. Like they know what they're doing. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. You know, they'll they'll put something. I guess out, we'll right? see. I guess we'll see. <laughs> uh, yeah, I thought it was really interesting that they they got them to do it, uh, considering that Jim Henson. The Creature Shop does some really great work when it comes to odd-looking creatures and odd-looking puppets and animatronic-y stuff. Uh, the, I mean, look, the Five Nights at Freddy's, definitely not for kids. Uh, some kids might be able to handle it, but it, it is... It's not... Because it's, it's a game. It's a Yeah, it's creepy. There's a lot of jump scares, really, that are yes. attached to the game. It's not like other stuff where it's like gory and stuff like that when it comes to the horror aspect of it but there are a lot of jump scares so you know if your kids can handle that and they can handle some creepy looking bears and animals like andrew said like this Chuck E. cheese style aspect <laughs> of the place you know and they have like razor sharp teeth then yeah your kid can handle it right but i, th I think every parent can gauge but it is meant for like preteens and teens uh, but I just thought it was super cool that the Creature Shop was going to be handling the animatronics for this. Uh, I wasn't. I'm, I've never been like a fan of the franchise. But I have to admit, knowing that the Creature Shop is doing the animatronics, I kind of dig it and I want to watch it now. Just to see the results. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. And then I want to see Andrew create mock-ups. And <laughs> yeah, then I'll make my it. own. Yeah. But I see. I've never. I don't know what Five Nights at Freddy's characters look like, so I'm just gonna do it off the dome. Like I'm just gonna make them up. Just oh, go that's for teddy so bears. Better. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Think. Is there like a character for each night, or is it just Freddy? Is just one. There's just a guy named Freddy, or is Freddy like? No, they're like different the characters. Owner, and then there's like. So it's like there's like Munch and and Pasquale. Yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. Jasper. Exactly. And, like and, Freddy. Okay. Freddy is kind of the. Charles Edward Cheese of it all. Entertainment. Easy. I know, but I like Edward. Well, you're wrong. I know I'm wrong. Fine, fine, fine. Entertainment Charles Edward, Edward Cheese. Cheese. Thank you. Charles Entertainment <laughs> Edward Cheese. Perfect. <laughs> no, let me take that back. He is now oh <laughs> Charles Entertainment Richard Cheese. Richard. I like Richard Cheese. Okay, we'll go with Richard instead of Edward. So Charles Entertainment Richard Cheese. That's his Perfect. full name now. <laughs> That's the title uh, of today's we'll episode. <laughs> <laughs> Man, honestly, those two things just kind of spurred. Like, they weren't even part of the topics. It's just like, ah, I just needed to mention those. So. <laughs> Hold on. But we're on this kind of horror movie topic. It made me think of it. How, I don't, have we talked about this before, the Winnie the Pooh horror movie? That is no, we out? haven't. Wait, no, what? 
Do we know about <laughs> we this know? Winnie the Pooh yeah. horror movie? Tell me. So, <laughs> so <laughs> Winnie the Pooh is going into is in the public domain, right? Um, as of last year, I think. And so there is a, a movie coming out called Winnie the Pooh: Blood and Honey. <laughs> um, that is a, a horror movie uh, with uh, Winnie the Pooh. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I'm so interested in this. <laughs> and some of the screenshots, let me tell you, are horrifying. <laughs> it's I have the trailer up right now, and it is bonkers. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> They're releasing it the next beloved month. childhood oh. characters. What is this? I'm trying to read. Have been abandoned by Christopher Robin, uh, and have turned wild. Uh, is the is what we're seeing in this trailer. Uh, so if you want to see something very bizarre, there's this uh, murdering Winnie the Pooh. Talk about ruining yeah. your childhood. <laughs> um, now, listen, if we, we just <laughs> talked about Five Nights at Freddy's, that is super tame compared to what you're going to see in the trailer for this Winnie the Pooh movie. This is oh, I'm not for ask. children. <laughs> And in, nope. in in many cases, it's not for many adults either. I'll tell you the it's truth. It's not for me. I, you know, I I don't know. Yes, this comes out soon. Next so month. Yeah. Best of luck to best of luck to y'all who are gonna go watch this uh, gore fest with uh, Winnie the Pooh and Piglet. Um, you know, everybody's favorite horror movie character, Piglet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And Winnie the Pooh. Wow. Yeah. So uh, anyway, that that just popped in my head when we we're talking about the Fast Times at Freddy's High School. What are we? Five Nights at Five Freddy's. Five Nights at Freddy's. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, that's a thing that exists. So, <laughs> and uh, be careful. Be on the lookout don't, for that or don't. Don't search for it in front of your kids. There are some yeah. images in there where, especially if they are Winnie the Pooh fans, this, like I said, Five Nights at Freddy's is super tame compared to what this film promises to provide and just yep. a little bit of what you see in the trailer. So if you're into the gore stuff, you know, it, it it's it's a thing that's coming. Uh, like, I like horror films, <laughs> so I'm this kind is, of... This ain't, ain't no A.A. A. Milne Winnie the Pooh. It's definitely Ooh. not. <laughs> it's definitely not, right? But I have a feeling that they had to put blood or something in the title so that it didn't just say like they didn't be cheeky and call it like Winnie the Pooh's, you know, hundred acre wood adventure. And then some grandma goes, takes their <laughs> kids to see this rated R movie. Yeah. Um, as, why is Winnie the Pooh rated R? Oh, uh, I don't know. And so. Yeah, I don't know. This is bananas. Uh, so uh, very off topic. Well, kind of on topic, but what can you do? Those masks do look horrifying, though. They do. Yeah. But if you think about it, all majority of Disney's princess line, like all the films, they all come from the um, Brother Grimm. That's and true. Yeah, Hans yeah. Christian Andersen. It's a lot of yeah, it's all that stuff. Yeah. So it's like a twist to it. It's, eh. If there was ever characters that have been used by Disney and, you know, you want to see the complete opposite of what Disney would ever even consider doing with these characters, that's what this film is, right? It is. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. It's definitely an indie film, right? And the masks that they have for the characters are absolutely horrifying. I don't think this is something that I'm going to go out and watch in the movies or anything. Like, I'm not itching to see it. Would I watch it maybe if it was like on a Hulu or a Netflix or something? Eh, maybe. I don't know. Disney Plus? Yeah. <laughs> it, it's it's so strange because, like I said, I like horror movies. I tend to uh-huh. lean more towards like the psychological horror than like the gory horror. But right. there's also the whole does not compute aspect to this in my brain where like Winnie the Pooh is Winnie the Pooh to me, right? He's like, he's, he's a sacred little character. And I know that the Disney version of Winnie the Pooh is not the A.A. Milne version of Winnie the Pooh, but that's the one I grew up with and that's the one that I love. And so to see this shift in the character for something like this, I, I don't know if I can do it. I, like, I don't know if I want to put myself through that 
and tarnish what like even just watching the trailers i'm like yeah i've seen enough you know but <laughs> there's a part of me that's also kind of like I'm, I'm curious. Yeah, I'm curious. Well, and I exactly. think that's what they're capitalizing on. It's it's such a ridiculous concept, and they're the first ones to make a Winnie the Pooh thing that's not Disney, uh, since it's gone into the public domain. So it's kind of like the, I think that's where they're they're banking on getting their audience is what is this bananas thing, and how are they even doing this yeah. sort of thing? That the shock of you know. Steamboat Willie. Are we going to have a Steamboat Willie uh, horror movie? Oh, jeez. Trapped on a boat. Oh, no. I, I, I see. I don't know how I feel about that. Let's not even put it out in the world. No. Steamboat let's, Willie murder rampage. Let's not even whatever. put that out in the world. <laughs> because that's one way to give everybody nightmares. <laughs> right? Yeah. See, that's one that I definitely wouldn't even bother watching the trailer for because, uh, like I said, I'm like, there's certain characters that are so sacred to me that like Steamboat Willie is mm-hmm. one of those characters, right? I just couldn't put myself or even put that image in my head. Nobody calls him by his full name, by the way. Steamboat, Steamboat William. Aloysius William yeah. Mouse. Mouse, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna call him Steamboat William from now on. Steamboat William. Uh, presented by Honda. Steamboat Will I Am. Oh, that's better. <laughs> Will I Am. Uh, anyway, this is a but this is a late night episode, everybody. Right? It's getting right. a little silly. All right. Well, I think we should move on. There's a couple things that we want to cover. I want to make sure that you can fill me in on this whole La Brea thing that's happening, the La Brea Bakery thing that's happening. Okay. And then Let's we do, have your yeah, segment yeah. that we'll do that last. Uh, we'll do your okay. hundred years uh, celebration, wonder, oh fun, on a notepad presented by Honda thing by Andrew uh, at the end. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, but before we move on, I do want to remind you that this episode of Podcasters is brought to you by a fantastic group of people known as the FGP Squad, our podcast fairy godparents, because it's their support via Patreon that help make these episodes of Podcasters possible. If you would like to join the FGP Squad family, it's super simple. You can start off by going to podcasters.com slash FGP. There you will find some of our top contributors. You'll find a link to our Patreon, a little bit of info on the FGP Squad. And being a part of the FGP Squad family gets you some additional perks like access to our happy hour calls, some additional content that we've put up on Patreon, random giveaways, a special section of Discord, and more. If you have any questions on what the FGP Squad is about, feel free to send us a message. We'll be happy to answer any questions that you might have. But of course, to all of the members of the FGP Squad, we just want to send a huge thank you for your continued support. Uh, All right, Andrew. Uh, so I, I saw this thing that uh, Albert posted. Albert is a member of the FGP squad over on Discord. He posted that the Bray Bakery is closing. Uh, and I was kind of in and out, you know, uh, about what was happening. Uh, fill me in. What, what What's going on here? Um, yeah. So uh, abruptly this this morning, we found out that uh, La Brea Bakery at Downtown Disney uh, closed. Uh, and uh, there was news to most everybody um from what it seems to be the company has decided to exit the uh restaurant industry and so they had two locations one in la that they've had since like the 80s or something like that and then this downtown disney one and the company has decided to close their restaurants and just focus on their uh their grocery store brands and their other endeavors so (laughs) they Closed uh, very quickly and abruptly. Uh, supposedly, they had a Disney had a hiring event for the people that were working at La Brea Bakery. Um, so hopefully, those uh, people are not out of a job. Uh, so that closed, and uh, everybody's kind of speculating on what's going into this. This is you know this morning, this afternoon, no news coming. Uh, I was doing a little bit of research trying to see what people are saying and. Um, a lot of people are speculating uh, Earl a Sandwich or Porto's are, are going into that location. Um, so, which is an interesting thing. You know, Earl of Sandwich has been, you know, yanked around so much uh, at downtown Disney. 
it's uh surprising that they are still like a you know wanting to be around but the the <laughs> consensus came uh, announced that Earl of Sandwich is going to take the pl- place of uh La Brea Bakery for a uh, limited time <laughs> um so in a few weeks Earl of Sandwich is going to pop up at La Brea Bakery um for an undisclosed amount of time and then after i'm ass- assuming that they're getting another location built in the the new section of downtown disney once that is done they will vacate and then there will be a second portos smaller location at this la brea bakery so there'll be a portos over on the disneyland hotel side of downtown disney and then at this la brea bakery location uh, so it's been kind of a roller coaster of a day for people following the La Brea Bakery news. Um, so it was quite interesting to see. Um, I know a lot of people were were sad to see La Brea Bakery go, um, including you said your brother Hazen <laughs> was was sad to see it go. Yeah, my brother ate there a lot. I, you know, honestly, I've eaten at La Brea Bakery twice ever. And one of those times it was just to buy a soda. That's more than me. So Same. I've 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 never what is like I'm assuming it's like sandwiches and stuff. It's was there food anything to write home about? Like is I've never I've never been I I've kind of I was like, Oh, that might be a good spot. It always seemed to be somewhat busy of a line, so I didn't bother, but it, I, I, I don't know, I, since you've had it. Uh, I mean, so it it it's got a whole bunch of different types of food, right? Like it had pancakes and French mm-hmm. toast, and uh, like they had wine, which I think was one of the more popular things that they sold there. Um, like I think we got like hot chocolate for the kids at one point. Uh, I got like a soda on a really hot day there, but uh, it I mean the food is you know pretty on par with any other like food at Downtown Disney. Like it was nothing to to like be like oh my god like i have to eat at Librea bakery at least not for me right uh if mm-hmm. if i had to choose between that and earl of sandwich like it's earl of sandwich all the way right oh, like yeah. they had far better food in my opinion at earl of sandwich than they did at Librea bakery um you know the other thing that you mentioned is something that's happening uh and the talk of something happening that i, I think for me is the more I don't want to call it controversial because it's not really controversial. Uh, it might be controversial for mm-hmm. me to say uh, because of the popularity of it, but I don't. Unpopular. There you go. It, it's exactly. an unpopular opinion. Yeah, but perfect. I don't. I don't necessarily understand the big deal about Portos. I've had you know a lot of the popular dishes that they tend to have whenever we had like potlucks at work or something like you know, they would order food from Porto's and you, you look, don't get me wrong. The food is good, but I don't think it's as great as people make it out to be. I think it's more the hype of people getting food from Porto's and seeing those little yellow boxes. That's like, Oh my God, we got Porto's. This is like, for me, there are meals and there are things that I've had at restaurants or like even on, on Disney property in general, right? Where, I bite mm-hmm. into it. I'm like, hot damn, I need to buy this again. Like, I need this in my life frequently, right? And I don't think I've right. ever had anything from Porto's that's made me feel like that. It's just like, all right, cool, it's good. It was like, thanks for lunch. Uh, mm-hmm. like, I feel like I'm the only one on this. Like, I, I've i never heard people say that. I, I mean, am I alone? Am I, am I alone on this one? I've never been to Porto, so I can't tell you. Um, I'm looking at their website now, so I'm trying to trying to see where I fall here. And see, I'm the opposite. I love almost everything that's on there, but it's just personal preferences. That's all. I mean, no one could say, oh, you're wrong. No, you can't force someone to be like, that's what they don't like. And it's just an opinion. And we all got one. And deal with it, I guess. Turkey <laughs> and gravy potato balls. Oh, I love the potato balls. Those so are... here, okay. See, that's so that's just... the other thing, right? I, I've right. had the potato balls and almost everyone that I know, like my wife included, right? Like she's had Portos. Like she loves Portos. Loves Portos. Mm-hmm. 
Like I've had the same things and I just can't, I don't know. Like I eat them. I'm like, what it's is okay. the, the hype about? <laughs> oh, okay. So let me ask you this. Let me ask you this hmm. because I think I've fallen into this category before too. Have you ever eaten something from Porto's from one location that was like super delicious and then you had the exact same thing from another Porto's and thought, oh, that was not as good as I remember it being. Or no, that just I haven't. doesn't taste good or whatever. No, I, I think, no, I've had um, two different locations so far. Yeah, yeah, two. Um, and I've been really satisfied with it. So I don't know if it was just that I'm really hungry at the time and I was just excited because of food. Um or I maybe did hype myself up, but I've always been happy about it. And then I say that because I leave and then I'm like, oh, I don't know when I'm going to get this again. <laughs> Apparently they have bake at home. They I do. Order, order portos and send it to my house. So I could get a cheese roll and a chicken empanada at my house. I yeah, I've had I've had that. I never had it. I I'm kind of out on this. <laughs> like, you know what? I, I you know what? I just I just caught myself on something. Huh. I actually have had something from Portos that when I had it, I thought to myself, "Oh my god, I need that again." Like, "Oh, like wow, this like has to be in my life again, right?" And that really? was the the dulce de leche roll. They have a little cake that's dulce de leche. That's the one that I've had. Like everything else is it's good. Like and I don't wanna I I don't want anybody to think that I hate it because it's it's good, right? But it's not Right. It's not I don't know. I I sound this like way. a jerk now. <laughs> no 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 no. Put it this way, put it this way. <laughs> to put it into today's term or how are you feeling about it? Think of Avatar. Good film, but we don't want to see it. I mean, it's kind of like that. I mean, it's just preferences. <laughs> that's all. You're fine. They, they have those. Uh, they have those dulce de leche cookie thing you can order. I'm. I can't speak Spanish. I hey, need you're doing lesson. good. Don't worry. It's fine. All right. Well, I. I think it. We'll wrap this one up, and I'll just throw the question out to everyone else. You know, how do you feel about Portos? I know on Discord. There's a lot of fans of Portos. I know that a lot of the FGP squad, I know a lot of my friends, you know, from work uh, also really enjoy Portos. And I don't know, maybe it was just like a location thing. Maybe it was the fact that when I ate it, look, one of the things that I've always run into is I've always had Portos at work, right? And so it's always cold by the time that I eat it. And, you know, Aww. even if you rewarm it up, it's not always great. So... I'm wondering if there's some variable that has gotten me to the point where I can't enjoy it. Like maybe I need to eat it when it's warm, right? Like maybe I need to eat it like when it's fresh or something. Uh, I feel like I feel like I need to give it another shot to really to like put this baby to bed, right? But mm -hmm. I can't uh -huh. recall a single instance where I have had Portos again primarily always happened at work like in the office but i can't recall any instance where i've had portos other than the cake where i thought to myself yep i'm ordering this for myself <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't know cheese roll sounds kind of interesting but uh then again who knows if that sounds like something that you want hot yeah all right yeah so. uh, look I i'm gonna give it it's fair you know it's fair shot i I, I know that if I said, let's order uh, order portos, my wife's going to be like, yes, let's do it. <laughs> so if we can get delivery, especially now we have one close Ooh. to us. I wonder if I can yell loud enough that she'll hear it through your headphones. No, she's in a different room right now. But <laughs> yeah, I, Don't I, shout at his I, ears. You, don't be surprised how loud I can be. Yeah, but you don't want to blow out my ears. <laughs> no. Or do I? Um, I'm just kidding. But yeah, so, uh, you know, I... I think I'm going to order some or I'll think I'll get some and I'll give it a shot one more time. But like, that'll be it. If I think it's about the same when it's warm, then, you know, then that settles it. I just don't like portos the way other people do, but maybe that's it. Yeah. Like that's maybe okay. there's some kind of weird variable that, you know, I'm not clicking with right now because everything that they have, it's like, it's like everything that they have is good. Like I like that type of food and everything. I don't know. We'll see. I'll keep you posted. 
late breaking news is coming into the Podcateers newsroom because sometimes Disney likes to release news after they know we've recorded our episode. Disney has announced that the Tron Light Cycle Coaster at Walt Disney World finally has an opening date. Guests will be able to speed through the grid starting April 4th, 2023. In a surprise announcement, effective immediately, free self-parking returns to Walt Disney World Resort Hotels. Plus, coming soon, guests that purchase Genie Plus will be able to download attraction photos for free. Over on the West Coast, after the surprise announcement that La Brea Bakery was closing in downtown Disney, sadness struck. But that sadness soon took a 180 turn when news hit that park hopping will now begin at 11 a.m. for both Disneyland and California Adventure. Another perk coming as part of the Disney 100 celebration is that all guests at the Disneyland Resort will receive free attraction photos. Both of these changes begin on February 4th. While overall ticket pricing will remain the same, the Disneyland Resort has also announced that they will offer almost two months worth of reservation dates at $104 per visit throughout 2023. Chairman of Disney Parks Experiences and Products Josh DeMauro stated about these dates, We want to make sure our fans are feeling the love. We're listening to them and we're trying to adjust. In Walt Disney Company news, seven-year member of the Disney Board and executive chairman of Nike Inc., Mark G. Parker, has been elected to succeed Susan E. Arnold as chairman of the board for the Disney Company. Among Mr. Parker's duties will be to chair the newly created Succession Planning Committee of the board and will work alongside Bob Iger to advise on a CEO succession plan. While more announcements are dropping, we invite you to join us on Discord to continue the conversation about these topics. Until then... Back to us. Uh, all right, I think it's time to wrap up the episode. So, Andrew, let's let's uh, do this segment uh, and keep up. You're gonna have to give it a name, at least a temporary name. All right, here's the temporary name. Um, uh, the name is Disney 100, but in 50 weeks, so it's two a year by Andrew Extravaganza Podcasters. Sponsored by Honda. Nice. Um, so much enthusiasm. That, that's the name for this week. Uh, maybe next week it'll be a little shorter. Who knows? I like it. Let's um, put it we'll on a sticker. Something. Yeah. Let's put it on a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. So anyway, uh, we're back again with the uh, covering uh, two years of Disney history in order. So we've got uh, this year's 1925 and 1926 this year. Start with 1925, which is a big growing year for uh, the company. The studio is there grinding out Alice comedies at this point. So they've hired uh, five new employees in 1925. Uh, Rudy uh, Issing, Hugh Harmon, Ruth Disney, Irene Hamilton, and Walker Harmon um, in 1925. Um, and in July of 1925, they're they're doing fairly well. They put Walt and Roy put four hundred dollar deposit down on a lot on Hyperion Avenue uh, where they're planning to build their new studio. So that happens in 1925. Also, 1925, July 13th, Walt and Lillian are married um, at Lillian's uh, brother's home in Idaho. And by the end of the year in 1925, the they had created 15 additional Alice comedies, uh, bringing their total to 28 since they had started. So 25 big year for Walt, uh, you know, getting married and, and putting money down on the studio. That brings us into 1926. Uh, in January 1926, construction of the studio had been finished. And Walt and Roy moved their production over there to the uh, 2719 Hyperion Avenue. Um, but also in January, uh, the Disney Brothers Studio, as it was called, changed their name to the Walt Disney Studio. Um, so that's, you know, branding change and, and kind of setting the precedent for the company going forward. Um, this is also where we start getting some other inklings of, of some... Uh, not so savory characters. Uh, Nineteen in the mid nineteen twenty six, Charles Mintz uh, from Winkler Pictures makes a deal with Universal Pictures to produce a series, uh, a cartoon series featuring a rabbit. Um, so Charles and his wife Margaret uh, Mintz visit the Disney Studios at the Hyperion lot and or Hyperion Studio and make a deal with Disney to create and animate said rabbit cartoon. 
in this same meeting, uh, uh, Charles Mintz tells Walt that the their contract to produce the Alice shorts will be canceled due to lack of viewer interest, supposedly. Um, that does not stop them <laughs> making Alice uh, comedies. Um, even with their threat of cancellation, they completed 14 Alice comedies in 1926, bringing their total to 46 Alice comedies by the end of 1926. So um, lots of... of uh, introducing of people we'll hear from later and characters we'll hear from later happen in 1926. So that's your uh, little bit of Disney history for uh, er, the, these last these next two years in 1925, 1926. Nice. I love awesome. it. Yeah, this is a really interesting year for them, uh, especially with Oswald, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, what's to come? It's a little bit of a heartbreak and it isn't until... Quite recently, actually, where a young fella named Bob Iger makes a huge difference in in the company, but we got a long ways to we go. We got a we'll long ways to go. Exactly. Like, uh, yeah. No, you'll hear about that in November, probably. At some point, we'll hear about it. <laughs> so stay tuned. At some point, stay tuned. You'll hear about <laughs> Bob Iger the, in November. No, the the young fella named Bobby the young Iger. Fella, Robert A. Iger. I thought you were going to say Fettuccini, um, but... <laughs> Fettuccini, Robert Fettuccini. Boberto he'll, he'll, Fettuccini. We'll probably cover Robert Fettuccini in <laughs> December. That's a fairly recent. All right, that's it. That's a great way to end the podcast. Thank you, Andrew, for continuing the... I don't even yeah. remember what it's called, but we're putting it on a sticker at the very Neither least. do I. <laughs> we'll come up with something. I'm going to have a name by next week. If nobody helps me, I'm going to come up with one. I kind of like this one. I want it on a sticker. (laughs) Okay. All right. We'll call it Andrew Segment 1. Parentheses. Andrew Segmentus Journey. (laughs) I don't know. It's late. I think it's time to wrap it up. That's it. Uh, until I next time, so. All right. keep dreaming, keep moving forward, and always remember to pass on the magic. Have a fantastic week, everyone. Bye. See ya. Part of the Podcasters Network.